0: Are you struggling with irregular periods, mood swings, or headaches, and just don't know where to go for help? Girl, I feel you, and I'm so happy you're here. I've been where you are, and I've now learned how to heal my hormones. If you are ready to finally get to the root cause of your period problems, mood swings, yes, even postpartum, and lack of sex drive, then grab your notebook and pen, or crayon if that's all you can find, and get ready to listen that you're tired symptoms every month. I know that you're tired of having to take birth control pills every day. You're tired of the mood swings, hormonal weight gain, and headaches. You're tired of feeling like every time you talk about it to your doctor, they just tell you it's normal and to try a different kind of birth control. But you want to feel energized and like you again, but don't know what information to trust and where to go to find help. I want you to stop looking around. I want you to stop being tired and I want you to start leaning into an easier way to balance your hormones. I'm going to help you balance your hormones in less than two hours a week. You can have a regular period, more energy, no PMS, and reach your weight loss goals without birth control. I want you to go right now to hormonehealing.org. Again, that's hormonehealing, all one word.org. And get started with me so that you can start healing. Are you in? Hello, and welcome to another episode on the Hormone Healing Podcast. I am very excited to be sharing another special guest with you today. Her name is Ava Frecker. She is actually the founding editor for Radiant Magazine and the associate editor for Our Sunday Visitor. She's a Midwestern girl with a heart for supporting people's stories. She also is a Jane Austen enthusiast, chai tea addict, grammar activist, amateur sourdough baker, which I plan to get into my myself, <laughs> and gal pal to St. Therese, on whose feast day she actually married her husband, Dominic. You can also follow her at Ava Lalor, A-V-A-L-A-L-O-R, but I'll have that linked down below in the show notes. Um, Ava, you say you like to hear everybody else's story and share everyone else's story. Well, now today I'm excited to share your story. How are you today and how are you doing? I am doing great. Thanks for having me on. It's exciting. I'm so excited to have you on. I know I gave everyone a brief introduction of you, but if you could just tell us a little background about what you do, your story, where you come from, and all the little things.
1: For sure. Um, so, yeah, my name is Ava Frecker. I am only married for have been married for ten months, mm-hmm. um, but it has been a blessing for sure. Um, married my husband Dominic. 10 months ago, as you mentioned, on St. Teresa's Feast Day. She is my go-to gal pal in heaven. I uh, can't recommend her enough. But um, I grew up in Illinois, live in Indiana now, moved here for my job about five years ago. And through that, work, started working with Radiant. Um, I actually didn't found Radiant, but I took over during a time of transition. Um, and for those who don't know, Radiant is a platform for Catholic women specifically, but Christian women in general that we really just strive to inspire women to live in their Christ centered identity inspiring them to thrive on this side of heaven because heaven's our eternal home and this is the way we get there so um i'm very passionate about fertility and health um it's not something that i talk about a lot on my personal platform or through radiant um but People who know me know this is something that I'm very passionate about and have been on my own journey for the last number of years. Um, I know we'll get into this in more detail later, but I have PCOS, uh, polycystic ovarian syndrome, um, which a lot of women do. It's not something that people talk about a lot necessarily, but a lot of women have it, whether they're diagnosed or not. Um And I've just known for years, even before I was diagnosed, that there was something off with my health and took a while to get to some of the root problems um, and get some answers. And we're still on that journey, but I am excited to talk more about that um, throughout the course of this podcast.
0: Awesome. Thank you. I can't wait to hear your story. And one thing that definitely caught my eye initially with Ava is that she wrote this article called The Women Sick and Tired of NFP here is a new perspective. And I read her article and I was blown away with her perspective, actually, which is why she is here with us today to share her perspective on um, NFP. For those who don't know, it's natural family planning and it is that way of tracking your cycle without the use of birth control. And as we know, this form of what I'll call natural birth control, is actually becoming more and more popular, both, yes, in the Catholic religious world and Christian world, but also even in uh, whether you're Catholic or Christian not, because we're understanding the full impact of what birth control and um, toxins and um, things like that do to our bodies and our our whole uh, systems and hormone systems. So I noticed that in your article you spoke a little bit about how um you had struggled with um like PCOS and um that your your health patterns diverge greatly from the textbook patterns of women's health. And I would like to know just a little bit more about what you experienced and how you felt when you were experiencing what you were experiencing.
1: For sure. So for years after starting to get my period. It was just completely irregular, which that's normal the first couple of years after puberty, you know, we hate it. We we want to get regular so we can predict it and you know plan our social lives around it. But that was never the case for me. I'd go two to five months between cycles. Um and, you know, in high school and even early college, I didn't care too much. It wasn't anything that um, you know, I wasn't married at that point. So it wasn't something that I had to be extra concerned about um but the longer you know or the older I got and the more it continued I just I knew that there was something wrong that that wasn't normal um, and as much as so many of my friends were jealous that I didn't have to struggle with PMS symptoms as often that, as they did I, I knew that there <laughs> needed to be some answers to what I was going through um so in college I met with a doctor briefly he prescribed me progesterone which is a, a very common thing for women with long cycles to kind of help um kickstart to go into your your menses and everything um and that worked for a while kind of took a break after things got a little bit more regular um but once i moved from my job and you know was kind of easing into actual adulthood a bit more and looking toward my future um wasn't dating anyone at the time but just knew that you know this was the time to take advantage of the freedom i had to learn what my body was trying to tell me um so i met with a doctor. Um, and actually, before I had even met with the doctor, I did a little research just based on my own symptoms and was pretty sure I had PCOS. Um, and when I met with the doctor, we were able to confirm it, did an ultrasound, did a, a few tests, blood work. And yeah, it was pretty easy to say I have PCOS. Um, and so from there, we started you know, looking at different levels and what meds I needed to take. So I got back on progesterone. Um, but um, around this time, I had also started to learn how to actually chart my cycle. I started using Creighton. Um, a friend of mine is a Creighton practitioner and was able to teach me. Um, and that was also part of how I was able to kind of self-diagnose with PCOS because I was able to see kind of some of the the patterns that are familiar with women with PCOS. Um, but we just started taking steps, my doctor and I, and. Um, Around that time, I started dating my now husband, and he was very supportive when I was in the throes of trying to figure out what my body was telling me. Um, And I found it both very inspiring that my body could tell me these things, and also a little disappointing when things didn't change rapidly, which I think a lot of women can relate to. Um, And I guess one thing I should mention before we get too deep into my story is the reason that I really decided to. Take steps to improve my health and my fertility health in particular. Um, waking was also something I'd always struggled with, um, and all of these things together. The motivating factor to actually take action and strive for health was the thought of my future children. Um, knowing that all these symptoms I was going through, both with my fertility and just other health issues, uh, would either for would either affect my ability to have children or even my ability to show up for my future children.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: and so that was the motivating factor. Any other time I had tried to you know learn what health looked like for me, I would fall off the bandwagon really fast because um I guess you could say doing it for myself wasn't enough. I had to go outside of myself in a way to find a motivating factor. Um, and so that was really helpful to have something outside of myself to say that this is important. And obviously, you know, choosing to do healthy things for ourselves is important, but I think often we let ourselves off the hook very Mm -hmm. often and we don't take it to the next step of actually being accountable with ourselves. So anyway, with that um, started dating my now husband, he was so supportive. Um, I remember talking to him about the fact that I didn't know if we would ever be able to have kids. if We got married um, based on my symptoms um, and I think during that point, I was a little bit more dejected because I was still very confused as to what progress could look like for me. But over the months that I worked with my doctor, I um, started checking my progesterone levels, seeing that they weren't quite high enough. So let's up the dosage a little bit more, seeing that they were high enough but all- in the in the testing, but then seeing other um, symptoms within my cycle that were indicating that they might be high enough at some points, but not enough at other points. Mm -hmm. Um, We just kept, you know, trial and error, trial trial and error. Um, And about, you know, six six months or so before Dominic and I got married, I remember things were looking pretty good. And we were very hopeful that maybe it wouldn't be too hard to conceive after we got married. Um, And then we did get married and it's been 10 months. And so, during these these months, my doctor and i we've again worked through other things um did more tests, realized that i um even though on most general panels, I didn't have any cent- or any signs of issues with insulin um I actually do have struggles with insulin, having minor mm-hmm. insulin resistance, so mm-hmm. we did that test we put we started another drug <laughs> you know um and then things still weren't working out. We hit um the sixth cycle mark after. Our, our wedding, and a lot of doctors who are familiar with treating patients such as myself who have been charting for a while will say after six cycles instead of a full year um they'll look into next steps a bit more thoroughly mm-hmm. um so we reached there again we're seeing that things weren't working well enough, so we added another do- dosage another drug onto mm-hmm. the the mix, so you know ten months after. Being married, or I guess more a few months ago, at about the eight month mark, was feeling a bit dejected. Of you know, I've been doing all of these things. I've been working on my health. I've been adding all these drugs um, to supplement what my body isn't able to do. And there was both again the the hope because I was seeing changes. I was seeing my cycle shorten, like much more than it ever had before, which is super encouraging. But then still seeing other signs be like, but this is off. Mm -hmm. Um, So always that ebb and flow of the hope and then not seeing the result. Um, But overall, I think the biggest thing has been just being able to focus more on what my body needs instead of, as much as we do want children, not letting that be necessarily the end goal. Like, children are always a gift. And so being able to focus on my health because that's going to affect how I show up for everyone around me, um, Mm -hmm. that's been a very helpful perspective um, that I've been able to, to have during this time.
0: I love that perspective. Thank you for sharing some very vulnerable uh, moments in our health that sometimes as women are sometimes very scared to share. Um, what I liked is that um you kind of mentioned at different points that at first you kind of started out thinking that, okay, I wasn't motivated so much for my health until I found an outside reason to be motivated. And of course, that was the possibility of a children. But then, as you continued your story, it sort of started to transition away from, okay, You know what, children are a gift, but even even if, and we're not saying it won't happen, even if the possibility that you maybe are not blessed with children, you're you've reframed your mind to think that, yes, but here I am doing this health. For, for myself and for the health of others around me so I can have better relationships, better relationships with your husband, better relationships with your coworkers, better relationships with your church community, better relationships with your neighbors, all the things. Because I know from personal experience myself, when I was going through all the hormone fluctuations and everything, that I was not the same person. I kind of, I don't want to say, oh, I changed for like a couple of years, but I kind of sort of did. I kind of lost that joy, that vibrancy, that excitement um, because my hormones were just so flatlined. You know, estrogen was too high, progesterone was too low, cortisol was off the charts, all the things. So I like how you said that even if you're still going to do it for yourself because of the relationship for others. And I think that's something that us women, struggle with a lot is understanding that our health is a huge gift that we're not just doing for ourselves, but we're also doing for others. And I've heard so many women say, oh, well, I don't have time to do the health thing because I'm serving everybody else. But you can't serve everybody else until you've actually served yourself first. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like the thing, like even when you look at the Bible, Jesus still ate, Jesus still fed himself. Jesus still did all those things. Because if he didn't, he would be a broken body, not able to teach everybody, right? Um, And so here we are. And I think it just needs to be driven home so much that you're not being selfish when you take care of your body. You are not being selfish when you are deciding to bring your body that God created to its full potential. You are glorifying God by showing the full potential and gifts that he gave you. And I just really like how you kind of sort of slowly made that transition through your story. Um, and I really appreciate that. I also noticed that in your article, and just now you said too, that you learned the natural family planning method, the Creighton model. Um, and yet here you are 10 months later, still feeling discouraged. Um, and I know that there are definitely many other, uh, women out there who try and learn and practice NFP and still get discouraged or confused or kind of find it overwhelming. Um, and could you just touch a little bit on that discouragement and how you kind of are able to get through that and everything? For
1: sure. For me, Creighton was a really good method. Um, a lot of women with PCS really benefit from the method because it's so um, data-driven with daily signs that just I mean all of them are data driven obviously but the way that Creighton works it just really helps pick up the issues with the woman's cycle and, and health and not just saying when you're when you're ovulating mm-hmm. um and so finding the the method that worked for me has given me a lot of hope um and a lot of encouragement so I my struggle has has not been as much with the method itself and having a hard time with it. And I think part of that was I had two and a half years to learn it before I even got married. Not many women have that because Mm -hmm. a lot of women don't even know these methods exist. And Mm -hmm. they just think um, that that's, these are outdated methods when they're actually revolutionary.
0: (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: (laughs) And so finding a method that works for you and makes you feel encouraged, I think is very important because one method will work well for one woman, but won't as well for another just based on what their body is trying to tell them and what symptoms are more clear to track and also what you're trying to discern through these methods. So that would be my my main encouragement is don't feel afraid to, if one method isn't working for you, find another practitioner who can teach you a different method mm-hmm. that might work. Um, and there's a lot of websites that'll help you kind of discern which methods um are better for you. um, so that would be my main thing. But I think also just looking further to the fact that when we feel like our bodies are broken and are we feel defeated about it, we still have to realize that our bodies are good right. that No matter what we feel, and no matter what what we're struggling with with our body, that does not make our body bad. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's so easy to swing the pendulum of extremes from one to another. It's either it's either good or it's bad. But our bodies are good. Our bodies are created good by God, and there is so much potential that our bodies have to tell us about our health. Um, And so, I think having a healthy curiosity. About our bodies, um, knowing that they are our bodies are telling us things, and we just need to be curious enough to learn what they're telling us and find people who will advocate with us for our mm-hmm. bodies instead of against us as most medical practitioners are taught to do yes um, unfortunately, most most doctors who are pushing the pill that's just all they know whether or not they actually want to you know actively help their their female patients. They're just not given the, the education, unfortunately. Um, so finding a doctor who will advocate for you and not just push push birth control on you, those those are doctors that are, are worth finding. Um, and that's also very encouraging to have someone who's going to journey with you and who knows your issues very, very intricately. Um, it's, it's very encouraging to not be alone on that journey.
0: Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad you touched on that piece too, because the last thing I want is for people to come off of this podcast, this episode, or even previous podcasts that I've, uh, episodes that I've spoken on too, is thinking that I'm anti-doctor. I am in absolutely no way, shape or form anti-doctor. I have a doctor myself. I love her. I have a nurse practitioner who I'm constantly talking to, um, but the key is exactly like you said, to find a doctor who's going to work with your body and a doctor who, when they understand that they may not have as much knowledge in one certain area, they can refer you to another area. Because like you said, sometimes a doctor won't know about all the hormones. And so they just say, oh, it's not going to mess your hormones up. It's fine. Just take the birth control. You'll be fine. X amount of other women are on it and are fine. But fine is not full potential right mm-hmm. fine is just okay i i read a i read something somewhere that if you say you're fine you're actually broken because you haven't reached your full potential you aren't this this beautiful vase at your full potential this beautiful light there's a crack in you somewhere if you're just fine right so if you're just fine you're slightly broken so don't take the thing or the symptom like you talked about that we just ignore and say oh well i'm just fine that's just nothing It's something. And even if it happens to be nothing, so that's fine. Put yourself at peace of mind, reach out, maybe do some Google researching, reach out to a doctor, reach out to somebody knows, but always reach out. If you have a concern, if you're struggling with major cramps, if you're struggling with PCOS, if you're struggling with infertility, if you're struggling with, maybe you're not struggling with getting pregnant, but maybe you're struggling with holding a baby to term. And you're just saying, you know what? So many women have gone through miscarriages or so many women have struggled with infertility or so many women have struggled with cramps in the past year. It's just normal. Normal is not optimal, right? Fine is not, is not good enough, right? So always feel free to reach out and never be afraid to reach out in that regard. Um, and I love your story too, because what I love about your story is that you are finding the beauty even through your difficult journey that you are in right now. You're not somebody who's like, oh, yes, I've crossed the other side. I've made it there, guys. Come on now. Now I can speak because my vision is 2020. You're speaking from the depths of it. You're speaking from in the desert right now. You're speaking in that middle ground season of life, that waiting period, that in the tomb when Jesus was in the tomb and that Saturday, you know, when Friday was done and Sunday glory hasn't come and you're just feeling like crap. And you are still seeing the joy and you're still seeing the hope. And I think that's one of the reasons I love your story so much um, and that I hope so many women can see that encouraging. And if you could give one piece of advice for women who are struggling with their hormones right now, what piece of advice would that be?
1: I think going back to what I said, find someone who will advocate with you Mm -hmm. and don't keep it in the dark, Um, whether that's with a doctor. If you're already married, obviously talking with your spouse. If you're not married, having a good close girlfriend that you can talk to. Um, My husband and I decided before we were even married that we didn't want to hide our fertility story, no matter how it ended up, because we already knew so many people who had struggled to conceive um, or had struggled with miscarriage. Um, And the devil loves to use our stories and hide them so that we feel alone and isolated and i think that's one of the worst things we can do great you don't have to tell the entire world your story but mm-hmm. finding someone close to you that you can trust and share your story with that has been very important to my husband and i um and it doesn't just go one way either when you have someone who supports you you can do that back to them. And that's what I've seen in my relationships with other friends who have recently gotten married or have been married for a few years and have their own struggles to conceive maybe their second child um, or third. Um, When they know that they can reach out to you, you know, you can reach out to them and you can check in on one another. We need to build up that support system within our communities. Um, And it shouldn't just be um, about one element of health. I think we're, we're getting really good as a society to to reach out to people who are certainly with mental health in some form or another, but we should also be able to reach out with other aspects of health, including our fertility.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. Um, and finally, as we begin to wrap things up, I want to leave our listeners and ourselves on a positive, uplifting note. And could you just say, I know that you've gone through the, this darkness and this time and this struggle and this season of life. Um, could you give me maybe what are some of the blessings from this season that have been bestowed on you, even through this time of uncertainty?
1: I think before I was married, I was a little bit more worried than I am now. There's the worry of, you know, what if we don't get pregnant? What if we can't? Um, and you know, you you look at all the charts and you just don't know until you get married and you start trying to have kids. and once you're there, at least for me, there's been an element of surrender to God, because at this point, we're doing anything we can. At some point, he's the one in control. And so whenever someone asks me, you know, some people are more abrupt when it comes to like talk, asking about kids. <laughs> and honestly, I haven't found that happening too much. It's mostly close friends that are checking in with us. And they ask, you know, or my husband will just bring it up in conversation about like, oh, well, whenever we end up having kids, yada, yada, yada. Um, but I always just point to God. I'm like, you know, it's all in his hands right now. Um, and having that perspective has been very freeing. That doesn't mean that it's easy every day, but I will say it's freeing to have that sense of surrender, even if it's imperfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, learning to trust in God's timing and knowing that if he, if we haven't conceived at this point, he's not withholding from us. He's allowing this time to be fruitful in other ways. Mm, yes, And I think that is also something that married couples need to really recognize is that your marriage is not fruitful only if you have children. It is fruitful in other ways. Um, for example, we have three godchildren already in the course of 10 months, including one that, <laughs> well, we're not technically godparents yet because... It's a month before the child is going to be born, but by October we'll have, you know, <laughs> 10 God-, God, children. Um, so that's been a huge fruit. Um, and also just the, the growth and other relationships has been huge. Um, and even for women who aren't married, but are still trying to honor their body and are striving to figure out what wholeness looks for them because wholeness really means holiness. Mm-hmm. We can't be Holy if we're neglecting our body because God created us body and soul. Um, so having that perspective that what you are doing during this time, whether you're single, dating, engaged, but not yet married and don't actually know what your fertility journey will look like when you are married. Um, this is still a, a time of holiness. This is a time to step into what God is asking of you to learn what your body is telling you to honor your body and to use that to grow in trust of him during this season because that'll affect every day afterwards as well.
0: Amen. Yes, absolutely. Couldn't have said it better than that. Um, thank you, Ava, for sharing your story, sharing your encouragement, um, and just sharing the fact that I think through this season too, you've also learned so much more about your body and learned that your body is part of being holy, um, that it is body and soul. And I think that is something too that has come out of this this season Um, I want to let all our listeners know that I will be linking um, Ava's contact information for Instagram and some of her articles, specifically the article she wrote about natural family planning, which caught my attention in the show notes below. So if you are interested in taking a look at that, just head on over to the show notes. I also have the information regarding my hormone healing coaching, which is going to be starting real soon. So go ahead and grab your spot. And I look forward to Having you all in the next episode, and I will talk to you later. God bless. Bye. Did you learn something? I did learn something. Leave me a review. Leave have a review. Still looking for more help? I created a hormone balance plan that is easy, natural, and doable. Because that's what we need as busy moms and I'm ready to share everything with you in your one-to-one hormone healing coaching. Check out the show notes for links and more details. See you inside.